It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Now, one of the things that Taibi did come out with was that both parties had access to the tools. But because the employees of Twitter were mainly a bunch of libs and the DNC is involved, James Woods is having a cow. He's getting a lawyer, he says, and he is going to sue the DNC because they irreparably harmed his career. Of course, he was thrown off of Twitter at one point. The New York Times has been on a two-day smear of Twitter. Today, you cannot find the Mike Taibbi story up front on the, in the New York Times, but you can find their latest installment of how Twitter is missing their advertising goals. So we will jump into all of that. It's Saturday. We're going to wake up Derek Hunter soon and see if uh, Derek wants to join in on some fun and frivolity. It is Reparations Weekend here. Reparations Weekend began last night in California, which is often heralded by liberals as being a bellwether for what will happen in America. In California, there is an interim report that has been prepared. The The real report will come out in June or July of next year. But the interim report says that black folks in America owed a bunch of money. And it's, I believe, $223,000 a piece just for if, 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 if. You are the descendants of slaves, which, by the way, would disqualify Obama because Barack Obama doesn't have real American slave blood. But for those of you who are here and your ancestors were among the captured and the enslaved, California's interim report suggests that you should get $223,000 just for housing discrimination that has taken place since your ancestors were enslaved and since you were freed. Now, I know many people look at this and say, are you kidding me? Why should we single out a group of people, in this case African Americans, to get reparations? But, ah, my friends, you're missing the larger picture here. Once this reparation thing gets going, And once we get the money in the account, this is going to be good for everybody. 
every American can benefit somehow, some way from reparations. This is what we've been waiting for to truly bring prosperity to a new level in the free world. And I'd like to thank those people in California, those California libs for coming up with this. Finally putting a dollar figure, finally bringing us to the point where we can atone for all of America's evils. And Diego's not here today. Joe's here. Joe happens to be, how shall I say, um, if we wanted to use the Jeffries line of thought, he's the ice person. Leonard Jeffries. This is before your time, Joe. Don't worry about it. It's the ice people and the sun people. Figure out which one you are. You ain't the sun people. You're the ice people. That was Leonard Jeffries. That's that's uh, Hakeem Jeffries, who's heading to his, his uncle. And we're preparing a series on Uncle Lenny. But according to Uncle Lenny, the ice people, you know, whatever. Anyway, as an ice person, you owe Joe. And I want to hear from you before the end of the day how you are going to pay up. As I mentioned to Kevin Perez yesterday, we want cash. We don't want to hear about no IOUs, Joe. We don't want your credit card. And if you say you don't have the money, then our response is, that's all right. Get the money. You got something you could sell. Get the money. Because all of us are owed 223 large. And that's just for housing discrimination. When we get to the other stuff, oh, man, everybody's going to be millionaires. And I'm loving this, okay? I'm loving this whole reparations thing. We are all going to. But if, if you are not a member of the enslaved ancestor group, don't worry. You can get on this reparations racket, too. Oh, there he's saying racket. Isn't he aware of history that there have been other efforts at reparations? Yes, reparations is nothing new. Reparations has been going on in the world since, well, I don't know when it started, but it started a long time ago. I suppose it started way back when, when the cavemen were around and some caveman did something to somebody and thought it was unfair. And the other cave guy says, uh, um, hey, you got to pay up for that. You got to make me whole. But there have been many instances where reparations, in fact, reparations, in my view, are one of the leading factors of World War II. If you go in and you look at the history, the Germans were put under an extensive program of reparations by the then Allied powers in World War I, so much that they crippled the German economy. And that, of course, led to Hitler, who scapegoated. And you remember, he went he went back to that little railroad train where everybody signed the deal at Versailles. Hey, nope, 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 now you guys got to pay up. Reparations. Made it eight, eight minutes without uh, saying Hitler. Like to keep- what the hell do you think I am, Kanye? 
I don't like Hitler. I'm so tired of hearing about Hitler. Then why did you bring it up? I did. You did. Oh, I did. <laughs> but I'm, this is history, and I was talking about reparations, not Adolf. Anyway, reparations have been around the world for a long time, and they have caused harm in certain circumstances. But California says the, that black folks are also. Oh, we are celebrating here on WABC today. We are all celebrating reparations weekend. And this is a chance for you to claim yours and get yours. Now, I would suggest many of you may want to think about uh, uprooting from where you are in America and moving to California so that you can get first in line with your hand out for the reparations. In fact, I would love it if almost every liberal in America moved to California. They can afford you, apparently. The weather's nice. You've got everything that you guys in in liberal land like. You have high crime in the cities. You have failing schools in the cities. It's the stuff that liberals love. You have good weather. You have homeless people everywhere. Skid Row goes on for miles and miles. It'll make you feel right at home. So, I mean, you know, give up the bad weather in New York. Give up the bad weather in Detroit, in Philadelphia, Atlanta. Pack up the family and just like it's like the gold rush again, except this is the reparations rush. And go out to California and settle down in California and put your hand out. Get on the list. I want mine first. There's so much political news. Yes, we will be celebrating all day long, Reparations Weekend. There's other political news. There's a story that is not gaining a lot of interest because it involves House Republican Conference Chairwoman Elise Stefanik, who is saying that post office workers stole as much as 20 grand and donations from her campaign. She needs reparations, by the way. See what I mean? We're going to have some fun with reparations. In a letter to Postmaster General Louis DeJoy, lawyers for Stefanik claimed the postal workers ripped open, stole the contents of multiple packages containing donations for Stefanik's re-election campaign. The mailings were allegedly stolen on four separate occasions, and three of the incidents happened in the span of a week. Not only were thousands of dollars allegedly stolen, the lawyers alleged the thefts have exposed campaign donors to identity theft and fraud. Her lawyers alleged the packages were damaged in transit by a UPS employee or contractor. These repeated security failures by the United States Postal Service have not only resulted and the loss of nearly $20,000 in campaign contributions, but more alarmingly have exposed hundreds of Congresswoman Stefanik's campaign supporters to potential identity theft or financial fraud. Now, if, if, if people in the Postal Service are willing to monkey around with campaign donations, they recognize Stefanik's name on the package, What about ballots? What about ballots? What about mail-in ballots? 
What if you have a group, an organized effort within the Postal Service of employees who, let's say, oh, I know it's hard to believe, but let's say in liberal areas like New York or or Philadelphia or uh, or Detroit or Detroit or San Francisco even. I know it's hard. It's hard to, to recognize. What about if they don't like a certain candidate? What about if they decide that people coming from a certain district, maybe their ballots shouldn't be find their way to be tabulated? What about ballots? Hmm? Anyway, that's on the table. Twitter on the table. I don't know if anything is going to come of this Twitter expose. I sure hope it doesn't. Mike Taibbi has done a brilliant job here. So we've got all that on the table and more. There's so much more. Oh, bad news also this morning. I learned this morning from reading the uh, Los Angeles Times that, or the either it was the San Francisco Gate or the Los Angeles Times, either one that the Girl Scout cookie season is going to be delayed. There's supply. Yes, yes. There are supply chain issues, and so the Thin Mints and the other goodies from the Girl Scouts not going to be delivered in the usual time. Hey, hey it's Joe Biden's economy. Down to the Girl Scouts. Anyway, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-92. Let's wake up Derek Hunter now. Let's see. Let's wake him up. And uh, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on Reparations Weekend. Coming back right after this. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. One of my favorite music videos from the 80s. Robert Palmer brings us back. So fine, you wonder where the money went. Yeah, that's one of the lyrics in the back. She's so fine, I wonder where the, you wonder where the money went. Oh, reparations! <laughs> right. Well, well, hey, see what I mean? Everybody can get in on this. All right. Derek's not answering. We're going to keep badgering him. 
and we're going to just keep calling his house. I, Derek is so... He's probably been out partying all night long again. <laughs> Derek says, give him a few minutes. He just got up. You woke him up. You did your job. Thanks, Joe. Give him a few minutes. We'll give him, like, you know, 10 minutes or something. Okay, let us um, go back to this. Let's let's discuss very briefly this Twitter fiasco. This is effed. And by effed, I'm sure you adults in the audience know what effed is. Twitter just freelanced its baseless decision to censor the post bombshell Hunter Biden laptop scoop in the run-up to the 2020 election with top-level workers at the social media giant agreeing that controversial decision was effed. A damning insider communications released by CEO Elon Musk Friday revealed. The chaos, the confusion behind closed doors at Twitter in the immediate aftermath of the 2020 Hunter Biden expose show that a small group, a small group, a small group of top-level executives decided to label the Post story as hacked material without any evidence. Oh, I love that phrase because that's the that's the phrase liberals always use, without any evidence, without any evidence. So without any evidence, a bunch of Twitter employees decided, decided that they were going to label the New York Post story as hacked material. The decision to censor the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop was made at the highest levels of the company, according to Mike Taibbi. But this is key. They kept the CEO in the dark. They didn't tell Jack Dorsey, who was then the CEO of Twitter. So it's like, you know, it's plausible deniability, some might say. But maybe not. Maybe they just wanted to hide it from him because they knew he wouldn't agree with it. According to Taibbi, Twitter's former head of legal policy and trust, ha, get that, of trust, Vijaya Gadi, or God, played a key role in the censorship decision. Now, those of you in search of lawsuits, Please make sure that you note that Twitter's former head of legal, policy, and trust played a key role in this. Damning emails from the former Twitter employee showed that everyone knew the social media giant suppression of the post scoops about Hunter Biden's infamous laptop was effed. In other words, they knew what they were doing. They knew that they were putting their finger on the scale in favor of Biden for the 2020 elections. That's what it amounts to.
the company's shaky rationale for taking the extraordinary censorship step was that the story violated the company's hacked materials policy. That's according to Mike Tabey. And even insiders in Twitter were questioning that rationale. Hacking was the excuse, but within hours, pretty much everyone realized that wasn't going to hold, but nobody in the organization had the guts to reverse it. They just freelanced it. The decision to do that left high-level executives puzzled. I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe, said Trenton Kennedy, a communications official, wrote in an apparent internal email to colleagues, to which former Twitter general counsel Jim Baker responded that it is reasonable to assume materials were hacked and that the caution is warranted. Can we truthfully claim this is part of the policy? Former Twitter vice president of Globe Communications, Brandon Borman, asked in another missive. Everybody knew this was effed. A former worker told Taibbi about Twitter's official stance on the story. Now, as I said, there's also information in this expose coming about the way that conservative voices were silenced on Twitter, which we also knew. James Woods was on uh, 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 Tucker last night. Responding to some of the things that were in this expose, one of the things that Taibbi wrote was that celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party. An additional report from the DNC is what got James Woods going. The employee listed a link to a tweet shared by a user and a link to a tweet posted by James Woods' official account. James Woods says he's going to sue the DNC. He says, I guarantee you one, one, one more thing than anything else you'll ever hear in your life. I will be getting a lawyer. I will be suing the Democrat National Committee no matter what. Whether I win or lose, I'm going to stand up for the rights that every American, not a so-called celebrity, I'm not a celebrity, I'm hardly recognizable anymore because my career has been destroyed by these very people, and I will sue. I'm hoping other people will sue. And it turns out there are a lot of us on this list where the DNC targeted us. Then I will quote the immortal words of John Welch when he attacked Joseph McCarthy for the enemies list he had at long last, or have you no shame? This is going to be interesting. Now, as I said, it's hard to find this expose. The Daily Wire today has a huge article on it about the Twitter expose. You can find it 
in other locations. You won't find it in the New York Times. They're busy smearing Twitter. They are literally using their newspaper, in my opinion, to try to damage Twitter so heavily that advertisers will leave with their reporting. That's what I believe is happening. It is not a fact. It is an opinion. Today they talk about how Twitter missed its advertising goals. When is the last time the New York Times cared about advertising goals at Twitter? Why now? Why all these years is this finally come? Do you, did you report every time Amazon missed its goals? Did you report every time Facebook missed its goals every single time? Or every other com- company? Why single out Twitter for missing its goals? Since Elon took over New York Times. And where's this story, New York Times? Nowhere to be found. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Telephones, 800-848-WABC is the number to call, 800-848-9222. We've got some calls holding right now. We're going to be taking some calls a little bit later. And we're hoping that Derek is awake now. And we'll join Derek if he's awake right after this. Don't go away. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. The Empire State Building and 77 WABC. Both are real New York. An account executive is wanted in New York, New York to play leading role on accounts, manage day-to-day client activities, projects, and teams at tactical level, and develop client strategy with support from senior team members. Requirements are a bachelor's degree plus three years experience in public relations, communications, and or related field. Experience must include operating as an account lead in public relations account matters. Mail resumes to the task group, LLC, attention to ACALP, 1239 Broadway, Suite 1508, New York, New York, 1001. It's the experience of driving a new Mazda from Ramsey Mazda. Performance, technology, luxury. And this fall, you'll have a great experience buying from Ramsey Mazda with their new state-of-the-art showroom. And during the Season of Inspiration sales event, get a great offer on a new Mazda CX-5. Or save with a great selection of certified pre-owned Mazda models. Choose wisely. Choose Ramsey Mazda. Visit their new showroom on Route 17 North or Ramsey Mazda.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. James Golden, snurly with you here on WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. Shanice brings us back from her debut album. This is I Like Your Smile. I actually knew this one. 
Oh, this is from my uh, time period of uh, musical listening. Yeah, because she corrected me. She says, I love your smile, pal, not I like your smile. And it is. We're torturing Derek right now. <laughs> you always play the music too long on your show. Hey, Derek. If you had rhythm, you'd appreciate this. If you knew what you were talking about, you would have gotten the song title right. I'm quite fond of your smile. I'm rather fond of it. I, I have a, a, a decent amount of, of uh, affection for your Respect smile. Respect for your smile. No. I, yeah, exactly. I respect. I, I, I like to ask permission of your smile to kiss it, please. I'll tell you what you can kiss. I, but I love it so much. I love it so much. But you don't got the name wrong. Well, I love you so much, uh, John. John Golden. Well, yeah. No, you you kind of question the sincerity, wouldn't you? No, I wouldn't. I would assume that it's just a a faux pas or something. I don't know. Hmm. Mm. Somebody got an early. Nice of you to wake up this morning, call. Derek. You're supposed to be writing your column right now. Uh, you know, I have until noon, but it, uh, God, it, it God might God. take you until noon or one o'clock, or, or if you get up late. You know, usually you're God pretty. You're... Forbid you send a text message Friday evening, going, "Hey, how about we call you at seven fifteen? Because then I go, "All right, then I'll be aware." Instead, I'm laying in bed going, what the hell is that sound? The phone is vibrating off the, the nightstand because I leave it on silent so it doesn't wake up everybody in the house. And then I go, oh, man, that's right. I should probably get up and maybe James wants to talk. If we had a set time, I could know. But some days, you sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. And you send me this. That's a message. very good analogy in your case, by the way. Yeah, exactly. You send me this uh Store this column from the Washington Post. The GOP is stuck on a doom loop begun 30 years ago. I, I'll never get the 10 seconds it was worth to read this piece of garbage by somebody called David Von Driel or something like that. I've never heard of him. There's a reason for it. The stellar analysis. These leftists, they always do this is Republicans have only won the popular vote one time. They used to say this before 2020, it was a more astute observation. But with Joe Biden's cheating, we uh, we have to throw that in there. They would say Republicans only won the popular vote one time in 2004 since 1988. And they go, oh, my God, it means that the Republican Party, the wheels are coming off, except for when you think about what happened to Democrats. They only won it twice in that same time period, which isn't exactly <laughs> crap on the <laughs> Bill Clinton never got – he sniffed 50% in 1996, but in 92 he got 43%. It wasn't even close. So they're not exactly running away with the popularity contest. Even when you factor in 2020, Joe Biden, Mr. Senile, only got 51%, which is kind of pathetic. Yeah, and, you know, the numbers – but this – I love this. They always go back to Pat Buchanan. Now, I wasn't the biggest Pat Buchanan fan, but Pat Buchanan identified something, and it really teed them all off. I remember this at the time. You were just a little kid running around riding your bicycle and wherever it was that you were, Detroit or or somewhere up in Michigan. Um, But Pat Buchanan lit the convention up that year when he started talking about what we now call the culture war, and he identified it. And... 
it was as if he dropped a hand grenade in the leftist community. They called it today, they would call it hate speech. They said that it was a speech that was designed to make America angry and it was hateful and everything else. And yet today we are still in the midst of this culture war that Pat Buchanan identified. He was quite prescient in this. And, of course, well, this story left out the impact of Rush Limbaugh on the body right. politic as well. Um, yeah. I don't know whether that's good or bad because, as you say, it's uh, it's a lot of rot guts. But um, at the same time, this culture war thing that Pat Buchanan signaled early on is real, and it was real. So I don't understand the analysis that all of a sudden the GOP <laughs> is is stuck in some destruction loop they're finally, after all these decades, learning how to fight back in the culture war. You look at what Ron DeSantis was able to do in Florida. How could you say that that's, that, that is um, destroying the party? It's actually showing that if you take a strong leadership role in the culture war, you actually it's a winning issue. Well, we wouldn't have Glenn Youngkin as governor of Virginia were it not for the culture war to just name one thing that was wildly unexpected. But when you look at their hatred of Pat Buchanan, if you were married and you were having an affair on your wife, you probably wouldn't speak fondly of the person who told your wife, right? You'd probably be working for Good Morning America. Well, that's true. That's true. It's incest <laughs> is best. Keep it in the family. But you, you wouldn't look fondly upon the person who told your wife that they're screwing around on them. That's what Pat Buchanan did. Is he pulled back the curtain. He exposed them for what they were. And they hate him for it to this day. Ever since then, people have been doing varying degrees of what Pat Buchanan did. It's just directing the eyes toward what Democrats are currently trying to do. Look at what they're doing to children. Look at what they're doing to this industry. Look at what uh, look at they've shut down the oil and gas industry. They they hate everybody who's come since, but they hate Pat Buchanan most of all because he's the one who created the concept. That's why they still go after him. Because frankly, at this point, James, if you're trying, there's, what, 20% of the electorate who hears the name Pat Buchanan and goes, oh, yeah, Pat Buchanan. And the other people go, who, what, was he in MASH? Right. They don't, they, <laughs> nothing against Pat Buchanan, but, you know, it's it's not like Crossfire's been on the air burning up the ratings lately. So, or even reruns are available. So it's, Democrats hold a grudge forever. You, you know, I'd say mention Ronald Reagan's name and you will have a Tourette's fueled freakout session from your local college professor. Mention the name Rush Limbaugh and they will nearly have a stroke and turn beet red to a shade of a turn up purple over the outrage that they feel talking about somebody who's passed on. You know, they're not doing anything to them, but their mere existence or that they existed is enough to send these people into a rage spiral. Pat Buchanan is that and it's because of the concept that he helped beat them they say oh the republicans first of all it doesn't matter if you won the popular vote or not bill clinton had two terms as president without sniffing it um look at the number of times and the number of years that republicans controlled congress if i always say this on my show james is if you control the unit of measure you can control anything you can make yourself the smartest the brightest the most the best looking, whatever it is, if you decide what constitutes those things. So if you decide that, well, let's just look at presidential 
victories, but not all of them, because that's inconvenient. We'll look at presidential victories where you won a majority of the popular vote, not even a plurality, but a majority of the And then you can make the argument that Democrats are making. They all seem to be desperately trying to convince the American people that they don't like Republican policies as much as they do. Because the alternative for Democrats would be to try and extol the virtues of liberal policies, and that just simply can't be done. Derek, let's move. Let's shift gears. Where's my money? Where's what? Where's my money? Yo, California, finally, finally. (laughs) This is reparations weekend in America, okay? Finally, we have the numbers. You and your ilk owe us and my ilk 223 large for housing discrimination over the years. And I want to know where the money is. Were you coming up with the money? When? Uh, no I'm checks. Gonna my, I'm nope. going my guy. But, I, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not done discriminating against you, James. You know, I, I live my life to oppress you. So I don't want to – if I give you the 800000 or whatever it is right now – by the time I'm done discriminating against you in housing, it might be worth over a million. So I'm going to hold you off. Don't worry. I'm good for it. And uh, if you vote for, for Gavin Newsom in 2024, you, you'll be that much closer to it. Don't sweat it. It's no big deal. It's all good. It is a big deal. I mean, fine. I have, you know, it's amazing to listen to you guys, you ice people, where mm-hmm. all you do is you guys dance around the whole issue here. It's like it's like Scott yesterday. All of a sudden, my, my, Scott, my my chief engineer, Scott's talking about. Oh, I he made a tearful confession that he self-identifies as a black man of enslaved background. I don't see that you're in a position to judge whether or not that's the way I feel. That's me too, Scott. I'm right there with you, fist up, man. Thank you. Right, right with you, brother. Man, it's thinking about the ancestors. I'm going to pour out some of my iced tea, but it's it's just you know, yeah. For the ancestors, hey, I I went and saw the new Black Panther in the theaters, James. I don't know what more credibility I could possibly bring to the uh, the audience on this topic. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's one of those things, man. I'm down with the struggle. I want to get the man just like you do. <laughs> uh, hey, what's going on with Carrie Lake, Derek? I thought I'd throw you a curveball. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Carrie Lake. She I want to play some it. sound bites from Carrie Lake. She was a great candidate. She would have had a, a fine future if she could have, I don't know, been a little bit graceful here, I think. Would have? She I think she still. I mean, I don't know how it's going to play out, but right now, you have you can. Joe, say, play well, Carrie. Play Carrie. Out. Play the first one. Derek, listen to this. Work out, but I want to know why. All right, go ahead. Play the first one. Yeah, we will. We, we, yeah, we're getting there. The Carrie question Lake. that we have for Kim. Yeah, there we go. Go ahead. Okay, we, we, in a second, we'll have it all ready for you. We have like four different bites from Carrie Lake. Uh, it was a very long message that she delivered, and I was, frankly, Derek, a little encouraged to hear it because everyone thinks that this thing is in, is over. And what Carrie Lake is saying is that it is not over. Okay. Go ahead, hit it. 
Arizona, it's Carrie Lake, and I wanted to update you on what's happening in our fight against Arizona's sham elections and those who run them. For starters, I want you to know that I am firmly in this fight with you. Maricopa County just couldn't wait to certify their botched election. The botched election where half of Election Day voting centers were inoperable. The botched election where Election Day printers caused mayhem across the county. The botched election where Arizonans were expected to wait in line two, three, four, even five hours simply to exercise their sacred right to vote. That was number one. Let's go to number two quickly. Arizonans were told to throw their vote into a drawer where it might ultimately end up in a plastic bin or a trash bag. Maricopa County, where it took two weeks to count, is the poster child for broken, botched elections. But if you bring up any of these issues, you are labeled an election denier or a conspiracy theorist. They don't want us talking about our shoddy elections under any circumstances. They shut us down and made us fear exercising our freedom of speech, and they canceled anyone who questioned past elections. Because of that, many Americans did not speak out, and nothing was done to shore up elections. And now we are paying the price again. Arizona, America, if we do not stand up and speak up right now about the most dishonest elections in the history of Arizona, I truly fear for our future. Our sacred vote is supposed to be the great equalizer of the people. And right now our vote has been trampled upon. We must work hard right now to save it. This is our last chance. Those of you who are speaking out about what happened on November 8th, those who testified before the corrupt Board of Supervisors, thank you and God bless each of you. I am with you. They ran an election with my name on the ballot and their number one political goal was to see to it that I was not elected. Can you say conflict of interest? Another member of the Board of Supervisors charged with certifying this botched election has been chosen to be on Katie Hobbs' transition team. Another conflict of interest, and perhaps the greatest conflict of interest of all, Secretary of State Katie Hobbs, the woman in charge of running her own election, who did almost zero campaigning, oversaw the botched election, is now threatening counties with legal action if they do not crown her governor by certifying the election that she botched. You simply can't make this stuff up. You know, Derek, what do you think? All in vain, too little, too late. You think this will get any traction? There's a way to go about challenging or pressing. Wait a minute, Derek, I can't hear you. It sounds like you want to talk about I said there's a way to go about challenging and what she seemingly wants to do without sounding like a whiny lunatic who is going to was one step short of saying release the Kraken, right? She's very good at allegations in there. Missing was proof, right? The test, it would have to be. Wait a minute, Derek. Hold on. Hold on. Just one second. Things get screwed up, sure, but can she prove anything? Where's the Kraken? I'm still waiting. Here's one one of the, okay, here's one of the Kraken. We've got to go to a break, but here's one of the Kraken. The two guys in Maricopa County, had um, these two men, one Bill Gates is his name, and the other Richter, had formed a PAC, 
a dark money pack, and they were raising money specifically to oppose her while at the same time, and this is a matter of record. This is not some make-believe stuff. In fact, I covered it on my show. I'm surprised you didn't on yours. Right. James, they don't like her. So what? That does. You know how many people would have to be involved and be able to keep a secret in order to pull off what the implications are you're saying? They formed a pack, and therefore the dark money was flowing, and they were stuffing ballot boxes, and they were cheating. There'd have to be. How can you have people that have up. put their finger on the scale and said, we don't want a certain candidate or certain types of candidates to win and then put them in charge of the election, Derek? I promise you that somewhere in Arizona there were Republican election officials, right? Did they just not cheat enough? They Is were Republicans. They, these two well, guys were anti-MAGA Republicans. Okay, so they committed suicide and risked the rest of their lives in jail to screw over Carrie Lake because they didn't like her hairdo? I mean, I don't get it. Proofs, uh, look, I am... I, I am ready. To, I'm the Ghostbusters, James. I'm ready to believe you. But you damn well got to bring more than allegations. You got to bring proof. And somebody had a bad experience at the voting booth. I've seen people nearly kill themselves trying to seal an envelope. Remember the commercial where the lady was making spaghetti? It's like everybody tried to pour the spaghetti and it like exploded. There are some people who simply do incredibly stupid things. And so I'm going to need a little bit more than anecdotal evidence. There are a lot of people out there. Somebody somewhere along the line would have some conscience and go, you know what? I watched this happen, so I documented it, and here's the proof. And there you go. And then I'm right on board. But you can sit there and say the election was stolen for the next 20 years if you can't. If somebody says your car's stolen, the car's gone. You know that. If somebody says the election was stolen, you've got to bring something to the table. Release the – you can call the crack, it's coming, the crack, it's coming, the crack, it's coming. But if I'm as part of a doomsday culture, the world's going to end on Wednesday. Come Thursday morning, I suspect I'm going to lose a bunch of followers. So sooner or later, you've got to put up or shut up. Carrie Lake could have had a great future. She could have really been the voice of the opposition of Katie Hobbs while still going and trying to get the results that she wants and, and to the bottom of the questions she has. But she then in four years could have been the alternative, the anointed person. She wouldn't have to go through a primary. She could have been a darling. She could have spent four years ingratiating herself to the people that she clearly didn't but needs to. And instead, she's decided to go down this this spiral of I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Look at this horrible, horrible thing. I'm sorry, but you're not going to overturn the results of the election. You can get to the bottom of why you lost, but you're not going to, unless you find something massive, you're going, not going to overturn the results of the election. I know that's. Derek, we got to take a break. When we, I got to take a break. Stay there. Go do whatever you're going to do. Eat your oatmeal or whatever. But we're coming right back. And now, one more thing I want to ask you about, and that's Kevin McCarthy and what's going on with the House. And that's what I'll ask you about when we get back. Derek Hunter's here, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza coming back. Your call's coming up, too, right after this. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, on 77 WABC.
Steely Dan brings us back. WABC Talk Radio 77. Letting the music roll a little longer for Derek Hunter. Why aren't you playing uh, Christine McVie, who we lost this week? She's right in your wheelhouse. We played some. We played some. On the day that she passed away, my friend. Okay. Which was also a big day. That was a huge day in music history. We talked about music history that day a lot. The same day that Christy McVie passed was the day, um, the anniversary of the release of Elton John's greatest hits back in the 70s of Thriller by Michael Jackson, the the biggest selling um, album of all time. And that sent Curtis Lewa over the edge. He got into a discussion with us calling Michael Jackson uh, a, a uh, what did he call him, pedophile on a pedestal. Yeah. And then he went on to demean Elvis Presley and saying he was a pedophile as well. Yeah, in a technical sense, I suppose, yeah. Although I don't know that he got physical with Priscilla, with Scylla when she was younger. But he was uh, awfully close. It's creepy, creepy. You certainly wouldn't let your kids sleep with Elvis at like 15. But what are you going to do? <laughs> Derek. All right. Okay. Well, I'm just looking at the clock. I want to get into to because uh, you're, you're sitting there and you're, I know you're going to try and spring something on me about, to try and cause more outrage. I've already outraged everybody listening because I said that Carrie Lake needs to give us some evidence. And now it's going to be Kevin McCarthy. You're going to make me sort of go after Matt Gates or something because he's been critical. Did you see this? That's, I, I don't even need you, Jay. So why don't you go take a nap? Sitting there watching the Twitter feed of Matt Gates, and he goes, oh, Kevin McCarthy attended dinner with Hunter Biden. Oh, my God. He cannot be our Republican leader. So, uh, Matt, look, I appreciate some of the stuff you do, but does that mean that every event you've ever attended, every rubber chicken dinner you've ever sat through, you – as a as a congressman, you agree with everybody in the in attendance at that event. I highly doubt it. It's a state dinner. Kevin McCarthy has a job to do as the leader of the Republicans, and that is to represent the United States of America to our allies abroad. So, attending a state dinner is not like they snuck off and were doing a bunch of blow in the bathroom. It was a dinner with a couple of hundred people. I get that you hate Kevin McCarthy, but my God, how about have a viable alternative? Just going no, no, no isn't enough. It's what my child does when I say you're not getting this Barbie. They sit down in the aisle and they soil themselves. Well, that's all well and good, and he got reelected, so what the hell do I know about his district? But if you want to think strategically, you don't play checkers while everybody else is playing chess. I know Rush was the mayor of Realville. I'm like the county supervisor of Realville, or at least adjacent to it. I'm saying all the things that are wildly unpopular, but damn it, they need to be said because they're true. I saw the Matt Gates story, and I thought for a minute, I, I wondered if I was really reading a, a true story or whether somebody was doing a spoof. It's a freaking state dinner. Exactly. Exactly. He has a job. Oh, my God. So Matt Gates, Matt Gates served in Congress today with AOC. That obviously means he agrees with her socialist policies on everything. Like, what kind of dumb logic is this? If you, if now, look, I'm not a Kevin McCarthy. I'm going to be totally frank with you. 
if, if the republic if the republicans came up with new leadership i'd be celebrating okay but at the same time if you're going to pick an argument with somebody your argument your argument is that he went to a state dinner and he's actually a leader he is the republican leader of the house and he went to a state dinner oh woe is us there was some jackass reporter, I think, from the Associated Press, that Jeff Nelson guy, whatever the hell his name is, or whatever. He, he tweeted out a picture of Kevin McCarthy who brought his mother to the dinner, and he asked him some stupid question some, about what was – I forget even what the question was. But he said, I'm here with my mom. Let's – or no, you're going to be investigating the Biden administration. Now you're here at the state dinner. It's like, I'm here with my mom. The, the, the world keeps spinning. Okay. It does. Derek, thank you. Tom Hall, everybody. Amazon, you can find numerous books by Derek Hunter. He's also on the radio all the time. He's a big syndicated guy. One of those. Derek, thank you. Onward to your column, my friend. We'll wake you up earlier next week. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, our number one in the can. On our Saturday morning radio extravaganza this Reparations Weekend on WABC. Coming right back. WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Hour number two, reparations weekend underway. And I'm serious about these reparations. I want my money. I. And I don't want no Bitcoin. You know, I'm look. I'm a crypto guy. I like crypto. And by the way, what happened at FTX, FTX was running their operation like a non-blockchain, typical, quote-unquote, over-leveraged bank. Not in accordance with blockchain. It wasn't transparent. If it were transparent, it would have been caught a long time before that. They are not representative of what's really going on in the crypto world. I do a, a, a podcast with one of the smartest guys in the world. His name is James Eisenberg. He is a veteran of the uh, uh he's a veteran of the internet growth and the future is now it's what it's called you can find it under everything is golden because we do a lot of different kind of podcasts here on the wabc website for those of you interested in crypto and in that what is a new emerging economy and ftx is not going to stop that nor these other fraudulent uh busts that have happened with some of these companies that are pretending to be crypto, and they're not. But if you want to listen to that, please, by all means, check it out, uh, because it will give you a better insight into what's going on in those emerging markets. And I I said all that to, to say there are things that are happening that do need to be addressed. Derek, I love Derek Hunter, in case you don't know it. We go at it once in a while. But Derek is brilliant. And one of the things that Derek did, did talk about was Carrie Lake. Now, I have a very different opinion of Derek. 
with with Carrie Lake. I happen to love Carrie Lake very much. I think that what she's doing is absolutely necessary. We cannot continue to watch these elections slide by time after time and not say anything. I understand Derek says, bring me the proof. You have to actually, look, look, the standard for many, in many industries, is not only must you avoid impropriety, you must also avoid the appearance of impropriety. What happened in Arizona did not avoid the appearance of impropriety. You have two Republicans in Maricopa County who put out publicly that they were they, they didn't want any of these MAGA Republicans to win elections. So if you're supposed to be running an election, you're in charge of the voting machines. You're in charge of what happens in that county. Then how can it be that you're telling and signaling and raising money to defeat particular candidates of which you're supposed to be an impartial arbiter? I do think that that is worthy of a court looking into. Now, whether Carrie Lake will be successful or not with that, I don't know. When you look into the number of machines that were malfunctioning, people potentially were harmed. It needs to be looked into, which is what her lawsuit will do or should do. When you look at the fact that there is a secretary of state in charge of running election who herself is the candidate, and you have these votes that come in, in some cases, a week and a half after the election... Florida has a lot more people in the state than Arizona. They also have mail-in ballots. By that night, we knew who won and who lost. Maricopa County, time and time and time and time again, proves problematic. And yet we're just supposed to sit on our hineys and not say anything or not do anything about it? No, you bring these people to court. You, You get the subpoenas. You force them, everybody, to open up their books. If you look what Letitia James is doing to Donald Trump, before he even won office, she said she was going after him, and she used the, the full power of the New York State government to drag Donald Trump and his family into court with absolutely zero evidence of wrongdoing. It was a political whoosh. I want to destroy this guy. I want to destroy his family. We sit by, we watch that happen. And yet when we lose elections under these dubious circumstances, we're all supposed to just shut up and just say, okay, we'll come back next time and hope you guys make mistakes enough so that we can get the actual proof of what we know you're doing. There's no way that these voters out in Arizona should have to wait for five, six, seven hours to vote. There's no way that the tabulation machines shouldn't be working on Election Day. There's no way that two Republicans who hate MAGA, who hate Trump, should be in charge of an election where they want to destroy a Trump-endorsed candidate. And yes, this does need to be looked at. And do I think that Carrie Lake will be? She, I think she has a brilliant career in front of her. And I think she's right.
to actually give a call of action to Americans that we had better start taking our elections seriously. And not how else are we supposed to react to this? If we lay down, they keep doing the same thing over and over again. You have to stand up. Now, what am I not doing? I am not alleging that there was definable fraud. I am saying that every circumstance in this election, because it is irregular, needs to be looked at. How is it that the machines worked the night before, but on election day they didn't work? How is it that voters are told, well, just stuff your ballot over here. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure it gets to the right place. And again, I'm going to take you back to this Elise Stefanik story in New York. And we should try to get Elise on the show. Um, Elise, they're going through in the U.S. Postal Service, going through her mail, ripping it open and stealing her campaign denote, don't donations out of the U.S. mail, and nobody's going to be held accountable? And if they'll do that with mail, what else are they doing with the stuff that goes through the mail? Hint, like the ballots. You know, we have to realize in this country that if we don't take our elections with the seriousness that they deserve... If we're not willing to stand up and make demands that our elections be run smoothly, like they used to be, before the days of ballot harvesting, before the days of these cockamamie cockamamie schemes that the Democrats put up and some Republicans like this incumbent retention scheme in Alaska called ranked choice. If we don't start taking this stuff seriously and demanding change, we will never get it. And I applaud Carrie Lake. And I think Carrie Lake should be commended and people should support her efforts to get to the bottom of what keeps happening in Arizona. I see another question pop up on my, my my instant messaging. And I'm on Twitter, by the way, Twitter. And people DM me there, too, at BoSnerdly, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y. And while I'm at it, let me mention the Daily BS, which is our twice-a-day news blast, the Daily BS, BoSnerdly.com, JamesGolden.com. You can sign up for it there. But I, I have a message here. Is there proof that MJ was a P? No, there's no proof. And that's what I raised with Curtis, and that he was slandering him. That there was no proof. See how that works? For elections, bring us the proof. But you can slander anybody you want to and call them any name you want to. Anyway, we didn't take any calls except for Derek Hunter during the first hour. So we're going to take some calls. We're going to break early. When you get back, we're going to start on the phones because this is reparations weekend, and I want everybody to get their reparations. Once again, if you weren't with us yesterday, yesterday was reparations day in America. This was the first time that America was given the opportunity to get past 
its original sin of slavery. Now we can finally close the books on everything that the leftists say is wrong about America. We can give reparations to people who weren't alive then in response to things that other people did to those people who weren't alive by people who also aren't alive. But we can take care of all of that right now with some reparations. And the good liberals in California have decided that as a start, you all that are not black should pay those of us who are black or some mixture thereof 232 grand. $232,000 for every single African-American who can prove they had, you know, some link to ancestors who were enslaved. If y'all pay us that, that'll take care of the housing discrimination that you people put on us. Okay? So I want my money. All right, Joe here who happens to be a member of the of, of the enslaver ancestry group, owes me 232 Gs. I want the 232 Gs from all of y'all. I want every I want it all. Everybody dig deep. We know y'all are stashing money. We know y'all got some cool little things like these, like these Roth IRAs and your 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 you know your what you call those things? Yeah, your 401Ks and your 401Z3s and all that stuff. We know y'all have hidden assets. You hide them in case you ever get divorced. You need some money for yourself. We know you got money. Okay? We know y'all been stashing the money. Y'all live up in Chappaqua. Y'all got loads of cash. Hand it over. Hand over some money. Because reparations is going to say, now, Scott, being the incorrigible human being that he is, wanted to place condition. What was your condition again? Uh, if I never have to hear about it ever again in any context, and that if anybody that brings it up uh, in a government setting goes to prison for life, that I would be willing to pay the reparations. Although I was just thinking about this. My ancestors weren't here. I didn't even, that didn't dawn on that me yesterday. That doesn't matter. They weren't here yet. That doesn't matter. You can't prove that. That doesn't matter. That's like that guy that called yesterday talking about, hey, I'm a good white person. What the hell? What are you talking there about? Aren't any. There aren't any. I can, as a white person, I can tell you, no good ones. None. Thank you. Okay? So we just want the money. I mean, y- y'all can keep on making all these excuses all you want to, but we want the I want my money. Okay? We're going to get some money out of it. We're going to get paid. But your condition is if if, 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 I ne- if no one ever brings it up ever again. You mean slavery? You mean no reparations? I don't ever want to hear about reparations ever again. Because you know that the next step, because we are, it's, they're already going down. Well, this is just for housing. This is just for housing. So next comes the what the the the, the cotton reparations that the uh, we're, we're the you, cotton reparations. You hear this, folks? The cotton. Re- yeah. Next comes the cotton. I'm giving, rep- now I'm giving ideas. Yeah, the cotton. Re- I like that. <laughs> If you have a cotton shirt, you got to, yeah. If you're wearing cotton, you get, you get uh, 100000 Anyway, we're going to take your calls, 800-848-WABC. Coming back on Reparations Weekend, WABC, James Golden. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Princess Di 
is going to join us in the next hour. Princess Di has been under the weather. We cannot wait to hear Her Majesty's voice. Princess Di, I love you so much, but you're going to have to pay, too. I want my money from you, too, Princess Di. James Golden, Rhonda, I want my money. Lisa, you pay double. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. It's our Saturday morning reparations hour. We're coming back right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. Pink Floyd. Money. You know, we could start something here. Talk Radio 77. Let's head to the telephones. Ken in Queens. Thank you for waiting. You're on Bo Stanley's Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Ken? Good morning, James. Good morning, everyone. It's great to have you in the car with me on my trip. James, I am so excited about reparations weekend. I cannot contain myself. Uh, but we're not going to have enough time uh, in this phone call to why I'm personally excited about it. Well, give me uh, a hint. Uh, tell me why you. Well, tell me why. You... Let me just let me just build up to it. Uh, first okay. of all, uh, we uh, we we should not be fully on the hook for coming up with these reparations. Uh, I think we should present a bill to the African chiefs and the uh, the African elders who sold their slaves, sold their countrymen to the Dutch and the Portuguese. Now, somebody smarter than I came up with that thought a long time ago. Interestingly enough, James and everyone, uh, as a, a history teacher, my tenure was threatened 10 years ago because I stated in a class under observation that the African chiefs and the African elders were perpetrators in the Atlantic slave trade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, okay. Let's put. Why that would anybody? Why would anybody object to you saying that? It happens to be a fact of history. It's neither. It, it's uh, a uh, fact. I was also told. I was also told, James, by my uh, by my superiors, uh, by my supervisors, that we don't care about the history. You ever mention that lesson again? You will never were. Uh, you will never be tenured in the city of New York. And I said, okay, boss. Uh, that's Damn. Right. Didn't they uh, watch Roots? Uh, <laughs> James, I miss Roots. <laughs> I well, I mean, even in Roots, that. they covered some of that. You know, I mean, yeah. there was a lot of complicity that went on. And by the way, it just right. wasn't these Portuguese. And, and the other, you know that there were also some um, Middle Eastern intermediaries. Oh, this oh, was geez, a huge... Yeah. 
I beg your pardon. Well, while you're while we're on the topic of silliness and stupidity, why don't we hit the Middle Easterns up for a little bit of cash? And why 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 don't we go after the Egyptians? Hey, they like slavery for mm, I don't know three thousand years. Well, you know, um, no, that's a whole different reparations thing. See, this is what I kept was saying in the first hour. Look, I know that there are people that are going to be resentful when I tell them I want my cash, but y'all don't understand. We're just opening up the door because everybody right. can score on this, okay? Like my man that's Joe right, over here, he's a member of the ICE people, right? And so the ICE mm-hmm. people right now are being discriminated against. You have affirmative action stuff where they won't let certain ICE people into schools because they say there's too many of you people. So we want to now guess what? That's a court case waiting to happen for reparations, okay? The ICE people that are being told that they live a life of privilege and therefore they're the worst scumbag human beings that ever lived, okay, that is emotional trauma. Y'all need to start keeping a record of the emotional trauma that you go through. You will get your turn at the reparations too, okay? Now, let's talk about some of the other groups that could get reparations, okay? We have Hispanic Americans. Well, (laughs) They've been discriminated against in some circles, too. If they don't speak English, they got people getting all mad with them and, and carrying on. We can start claiming prejudice. You, you guys in the Hispanic community, some, and I didn't mean to insinuate that most Hispanics don't speak English. That wasn't my point. My point is you can find any area of grievance no matter what community you happen to belong to. If you are a male Right, and you are in today's society, you are being called toxic just because you have testosterone. Start keeping a record of all the things that are being said about you and the ways that you are being, let's say, excluded from certain jobs, maybe. Okay? This reparations thing, once we open the door to this, it will be endless. Everybody, everybody that suffers anything in life at one point, if it's not you, it will be a member of your 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 future progeny. They will be able to sue. Start keeping records. This thing is really dynamite, folks. The state of California, they have estimated that just for the housing reparations alone, it will cost half a trillion dollars to pay off the black people there. Half a trillion. And that's just in California. And they're letting it be known in L.A. that this is just the beginning. They want the federal government to chip in and pay some, too. Well, okay, I'm down with that. This thing is endless. We can get reparations for all kind of things. Women. Oh, women. My sisters. My, my, my sweet sisters, my women out there. How long, I ask you, how long have you suffered? How long have the women in America suffered? In the 1950s, we see it. It's all documented on TV. Remember them old Leave it to Beaver households where the woman just had to stay home and she had to do all that work for free? Well, women, y'all got a case for my sisters. All of you have a case for reparations. Some of you had to work harder than others to do what? To take care of some shiftless man? The madmen? 
that's documented too. You ever watch Mad Men? See how women were treated? See how men were treated back in the 1960s? Women, you have a case for reparations. You could sue your men. Well, your men's ancestors. You could sue for what they did to your female ancestors. All the time throughout history, how women have been held under the thumb of men. This thing is a cash cow. We could be looking at the reparations economy, right? All of it, Forget the lottery. The lottery, what? You get a billion in one chance. Every single woman in this country, every single woman, you have a potential court case against the way that you and your ancestors have been treated. Reparations. Reparations weekend. We're just getting started. Okay? Let's go to Gail in Dutchess County, New York. Gail, how are you? And good morning. Hey, your program is great, but then I like to get to my point. Um, people in hell want ice water, and what are they going to do? Charge this to the national debt? You know, and another one is the Jews. What do the Jews owe the American, the American families that died, and the and the Allies for liberating them from the concentration camps? This is water over the dam for liberty and freedom. You're talking about reparations? Yes. I mean, Gail. we've got to keep paying. It's like you just said. Gail. It's endless. Gail, where is your empathy for your fellow human beings? Don't you care? Don't you what? care, Gail, that there were that there were generations of people that were abused? Now, I know this didn't happen while you were born, but don't you care that these people... We're, we're more concerned about life that's, that's dead, keeping the dead alive, than we are about life that is here today, whether it's the homeless, whether it's abortion, whether it's reparations, you know, for the blacks or for, or for, it's like you just said, it's endless. Yes, it is. And you can cash in too, Gail. You're a woman. You have been abused by men. I know you have, whether you want to admit it or not. Some guy asked you to cook for him once in your lifetime or you were made to feel you were disrespected by a man at some point in your life. I know it, weren't you? Tell the truth. But, well, when men were men and women were women, we used to be we used to have a, like a partnership. You know, yeah. and there were roles for and men. And the men and were abusive to you in that wait, and the rule and the men were abusive to you during that partnership. You were expected to be a breeder. You were expected to give the men pleasure. And what did they get out of you, Gail? They got nothing but your hard work. They got your energy. And then they went off and went out in society and plundered and pillaged everyone else that they can and then come home to you and expect more of the same with dinner on the on the on on with dinner served on the table with a smile on your face and you were abused and I'm telling you it will not it will not stand Gail we have to correct this yeah, everybody is out for themselves today and it's all about the money the love went out the window and you know what that's another thing you're absolutely right the loveless need to sue because we have been devoid of love. Too many people have grown without love, and it is an outrage. And the loveless need reparations as well. I love you, Gail. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. James Golden, it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We're coming back right after this. Entertaining and 
and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, here with you Saturday morning. You recognize the song. It is the DeBarge hit. Only this isn't DeBarge. This is Phil Perry. Talk Radio Two times is calling from Brooklyn. Tommy, two times. Tommy, two times. How are you? Hey, Mo. How you doing? How you doing? Now, listen, uh, I want to say this, and I'm going to say it. With, you're going to say it with me. I'm proud. I'm black, and I'm saying it loud. But now you're saying that women are going to get reparations too. Yeah, everybody's going to get reparations eventually. Right, so I'm a black. I'm a black woman who's proud. I want that money. They only you ain't no black woman. How, what you talking about? You a black woman, Tommy? Two times. You're not a black I woman. I thought we were allowed to say we were anything we want. Isn't this gender positive or something like that? Like gender neutral or something like that? I'm, I, I'm going to say I'm a woman. If you're going to give me money, you want to give me a million dollars for you know for something, I'll take it. Wait a minute. Host, first of all, first of all, nobody discriminated with you against housing, Tommy, two times. Okay? So I don't know. you got to wait your turn. you got to make a case. Look, we've been making the case on this for like 40 years. This is not going to happen overnight. You got to start making your case now so that you can get your stash, okay? We yeah. we have been making our case on this for 40 years and finally the people in California finally listened. And these idiots, I mean these people in California said, "Yes. Yes." They even have a nice little report. It's in a book. I'm actually going to see if I can order the book because it's the interim report on and I want to get all the deets. I want to find out exactly how they're going to distribute the loot. I want to figure out, you know, whether you have to, how they're going to prove the ancestry. As I said yesterday, I also want to participate. I want to be Santa. I want to black Santa. I want to be the one that goes out to Oprah. I want to be the one that goes to Mr. Z and Mrs. Z. I want to be the one that goes and knocks on the door and, hello, Oprah. 
Yeah, open up the door of this hundred million mansion. I got your housing discrimination reparations here, Ope. You and me. Can I have some of it? You, there's all kind of ways we could make money on this thing. I'm telling you, this is this this reparations thing is huge. We could all get in on it, but you have to wait. We have to get it established first. We have to make sure that they have enough loot to pass around, and then everybody can start getting their beaks wet. But we got to start small. We can't blow the whole thing overnight. I'm just putting the word out. Everybody start lining up your reparations case because somebody owes you for something just like y'all owe me for something. Okay, Tommy, two times. I dig you, bro. Catch you later. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota, my man Dom. Dom, you got my money? Yes, sir, I do have it. It's in the mail. (laughs) You know, I'm starting to hear this a lot. I'm starting to hear this a lot. You're the second guy that said to me the check is in the mail. Um, For some reason, for some reason, I'm a little bit skeptical about this. When did you put the check in the mail? Well, I sent it to Gavin Newsom. I don't know what he did with it. Oh, so you sent it to Newsom. (laughs) Yes, yes. So my wife and I have been married for 42 years, and my wife is demanding reparations for putting up with me. She doesn't want much. She probably deserves it. What have you done to your wife? No, nothing much. We just stayed married and stayed away at work and didn't come home uh, long enough for her to be happy with me. That's the problem. So she doesn't want much. A hundred bucks a day for 42 years. She said, give me that and I'll excuse you. So... (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Dom, let me ask you a question. I hope I'm not getting too invasive. Uh, Is your your marriage kind of old school? Does your wife cook for you? Does she, um, you know... You know, like no, try to take used, care. She, well, she used to, but then I learned how to cook because uh, uh, she is her mother is very modern, and she used to drive a car and everything else. She said, "Hey, uh, son-in-law, why don't you learn how to cook?" And I did. And then uh, for a short time, I became the house husband. She went to work, and we traded places back and forth. And she said, "I've seen the world of work now. I need reparations from you for being married to you for all those years when I didn't go to work." I said, how about a buck a day? She said, no, about 100 bucks a day will do it. That will make a cool million and a half for 42 years. <laughs> Got to love it, man. Well, I hope yeah. you pay up because, you know, one thing about women, when they want to get paid, they're serious, okay? Yeah. And if you're already paying reparations, seriously speaking, in people in California because of what the Newsom Gavinator spends to stay in power. The rest are already paying through the IRS and Joe Biden's 87,000 pumpkin posse, ready to collect it from whites, starting with Paul and Nancy, because we know he drives a Porsche. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. Let us go to Pennsylvania, Lucerne County, Pennsylvania. Glenn, you're on Boast Nervous Rush Hour here on WABC Talk Radio 77. How are you, Glenn? Oh, oh, fine. Thank you. Mr. Hunter changed the language. He used the word stolen, as in using the term stolen election. Ms. Carrie Lake said it was a botched election, and she has plenty of evidence for it being a botched election. From the clips you played, she never said it was a stolen election, although that's the implication, but she wisely, smartly used the term botched election, whereas Mr. Hunter stupidly and ignorantly put used a pulled the word out of thin air of a stolen election. Mm. Would you repeat that one more time, please? Uh, Derek, 
please pay attention to this caller. One, Derek, whatever you're doing on your column, stop. I want you to listen to the call. Derek, would you please repeat that one more time? Uh, gladly. Mr. Hunter used the word stolen using in terms of stolen election, whereas Ms. Kerry Lake said it was a botched election. She used the word botched. She never said it was a stolen election, although that's the implication, but she wisely and smartly used the word botched, botched election. Mr. Hunter stupidly, ignorantly pulled the word out of thin air of stolen the election, which invalidated his entire commentary because um, he, uh, he used a word that Carrie Lake uh, did not use. She said botched election. Big difference. Thank you. There's plenty of evidence for botched elections. In New we had a botched election. Yes? Thank you. You raise a very brilliant point, and I will uh, raise that with Mr. Hunter. In fact, you know what we should do? We should get a clip of this. Please, let's isolate this call so we can play it for Derek next week. I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let us talk with Ed in Long Island. Hello, Ed. Welcome you on Bo's Nearly Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Hey, Bo. I'm, uh, you, do you remember a Soupy Sales when he said to the kids on TV, Hey, kids, go into your mother's pocketbook and get a dollar and put it in yep. an envelope. And, and send uh, it to mail me. It to, mail it to Bo's Nearly. Mail it to Bo's Bo, I think... 77 Debbie, what do you you reach like 5.7 million people across the United States? Numbers 0.7, 0.8, whatever. Uh, well, I know it's growing because you got yes, me up this morning. So. Well, thank you. you what's, can, your la- what's your larger point here? You can do this. You can get reparations, man. I'm saying this can get into multiplicity, and people can like put Powerball tickets and mega. Mega millions uh, tickets in there with the dollar, everything. I mean, you get 5.7 million people buying you a mega ball or Powerball ticket. Hey, you cut your out, your, your odds drought down dramatically, Bo. You do it the way you uh, think. The guy I'm that you have talking about Maricopa County. Oh my gosh! And Doctor Oz, what would he wear through, Bo? We gotta we gotta hang tight. We really do. We gotta stay in there and keep the faith, my friend. Thank you so much for what you do. Thank you, Ed. I'm putting my dollar in there for you, Pally. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. I See, this is the spirit of cooperation that we need here in America, ladies and gentlemen. This man heard the call for reparations. He's unafraid. He's answering it. And not only is he answering it with cash money, he said he's a dollar, he's going to also answer it by putting some Powerball tickets in there and other things of value. And that's what I meant to those of you who are a little bit skittish about paying up what you owe. You have stuff. You have stuff you can sell so that you can make your reparations whole and so that as a nation we can move past the recriminations that have dogged this country now for almost 300 years. We can right the wrongs here. All you have to do is stand up tall with courage, with faith in the future, and give me your money. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, how we can finally put an end to all this criticism of America. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, on Reparations Weekend. Do your part. Give up your cash. Coming back 
writer, and your lottery ticket right after this. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. From Phil Perry, now to Phil Collins and Philip Bailey on WABC Talk Radio 77. This, the mega hit. On your knees. Sounds like some reparation stuff to me. Derek has responded. He didn't even want to wait till next week. Derek says, so choosing a different word, even though done with a wink and a nod, makes all the difference to you? Botched means no one is to blame, and therefore there is nothing that can be done about it. But targeted botching to change the outcome, no matter what you call it, semantically, is stealing. Sorry, dude. Nice try, though. Hmm. Derek's a clever one, isn't he? He's a pretty clever guy. Um, uh, do we have Rhonda? Has anyone been able to reach Rhonda? Okay. Rhonda, we are calling you. Uh, this is Rhonda. We're calling Rhonda America's caffeinated mom. She calls herself small caffeinated. Not, nothing small about Rhonda. She's large. Rhonda uh, shared with us a beautiful, and, and, and I mean this sincerely, a beautiful story on the the day after Thanksgiving show about her family's experience with one of her sons who really, they were afraid for his life. And right now her son is in, in rehab. and But it was just such a wonderful story of faith and of hanging in there and letting go and letting God and having the faith that things would work out. And it was a beautiful story. And we haven't talked to Rhonda since, so. But I want to talk to Rhonda about reparations, because even Rhonda, my friend, and Diana, Princess Die is coming up. And Princess Die, you have to pay too, Your Majesty. Now, princesses, we all know the royals have all the money. So I can't wait to hear what Princess Die has in mind for her payments to the reparation funds. And you too, ladies and gentlemen, can, just like this last gentleman, the spirit of cooperation, willing to give, willing to make America whole, finally getting past our original sin, you too can pay. So let us see. I believe, do we do we have Rhonda, Joe? Let's put her on. Let's put her on. America's caffeinated mom. Um, yes. <laughs> how are you, Rhonda? Well, I'm decaffeinated at the moment, but believe me, I'm going to fix that. James, how? I would go yeah. ahead. <laughs> I love you, but you got to pay. You got to pay, too. If we're going to get past this original sin in America, everybody's got to pay. 
Well, not everybody. Everybody from the oppressor class has to pay just to make things whole. And so I don't mean to, to shock your system. You know I love you. You know I love Grant and the kids. But you guys got to pay. You get, I hope you're going through your pockets right now. I hope you're looking at your bank account. I hope you're trying to figure out what assets you have that you're going to actually have to cash in so that you can pay it off and finally pay off America's debt, Rhonda. Well, I guess if the gravy train is going to roll by, I'm going to I'm going to come up and stand by those tracks, James, because look here. I've raised four boys and I've lived with one husband. My house has been a gas chamber for 35 years. I think I need <laughs> No. You didn't go there. Well, it has been, and that's why I can't make burritos anymore. I'm serious. (laughs) I'm about one blast away from crossing over. (laughs) If you... (laughs) If you hear that I'm gone, it's going to be a short obituary. (laughs) So, I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Rhonda, thank you for your story on on the day after thing. I've had so many people... What kind of reaction did you? I'm sure that that people, some people in your circle, must have heard you. And heard oh, it. yes, yes. I had private messages, a lot of comments online. People, other people who are going through it. And what I learned as I began to talk about my son's journey, when I got courage to, because it's scary to step up and admit we have a problem. Um, it gave other people courage to come to me and say, I'm going through the same thing. And so what I found was that there were a lot more people going through it than I ever knew. Really? So, you know, yes, yes. And it would, it gave them courage and I gave them a voice. So, you know, this whole reparation thing, the, the misery and the agony that our son put us through, am I going to extract a pound of flesh from him for all yes. the suffering he caused? Yes. No. Are you kidding? It's no. not possible, and it would be uh, monstrous of me to do that. For briefly, for people that don't know what we're talking about, can you just bullet point your, the story that you shared with us in depth on yes. our show for the day after Thanksgiving, Rhonda? Yes. Um, our son slid into, over a number of years, 10, 12 years, the world of drug addiction and homelessness. And it was a long string of just watching him uh, loss after loss after loss after loss. It cost us a great deal. It cost us financially. It cost us a tremendous amount emotionally, uh, mentally, spiritually, all of it. But by by the grace of God, literally, we were able to hang with him. We were able to allow that awful experience to work so much good in our own hearts and lives. And so, as I told you on that show, even before he was back on the path to redemption, I, I told him, I look, son, I'm so grateful for your journey because of the good it has worked in your dad and I. So rather than extracting vengeance on him or making him pay somehow for our, our suffering, I was able to see the incredible good that it brought to our entire family, James. And so there, there is that heart of love 
versus the heart or mindset of vengeance and punishment that wants to just extract its pound of flesh from any offense perceived or real. There's the difference. Absolutely. Rhonda, we're working out a segment with you, ladies and gentlemen. This is my dear friend, Rhonda Schrock. She is America's caffeinated mom. Not small in any way. America's caffeinated mom. And we are working out something where Rhonda will be a regular contributor to this program. What's your website for people that want to visit you? You write some of the most inspiring messages. And that's, Rhonda, I love you so, because you always find a, a way to inspire people with good whether it's with a simple photograph that you share of what the morning is like in the in the beautiful part of this nation that many people consider to be quote unquote flyover country, or whether it's words of wisdom and words from your faithful heart. And Thank so you. I just appreciate you so much. Wow. Thank you so much, James. Yes, my website is rajashrock.com. RhondaShrock.com. For seven years, I wrote a weekly newspaper column called Grounds for Insanity because I love coffee. Uh, I am small, James. I'm five feet tall, and I was raising boys. And so um, my readers followed faithfully every week, and they would tell me we laugh and we cry, but mostly we laugh because my boys were prolific. I mean, vinegar ice cubes, you know. Uh, duct taping an alarm clock outside our bedroom window and setting it for 3.30 in the morning. I, I know. I know. It was, it was nonstop. And they, they just devoured grounds for insanity. And so someday my dream, James, is to put those columns into books uh, because it just endeared the boys in our family to the whole community. And so all of those columns are on my website. And they should be in a book. So let's make it happen, Rhonda. Just make it happen. I I would love to do that. That's a that's a dream of mine. So anyway, no reparations, no repercussions. You know, just some fun and frivolity today. <laughs> Thank you, my darling. We appreciate Thank you, Rhonda. You I just much. wanted to hear your voice, okay. and we'll catch up uh, with you. I love you. Love you too. Really soon. Let us head back to the telephones with Stephen. In Middletown, New York, Stephen, welcome. You're on WABC. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Hey, thanks, Bo. It's great to talk to you. I've called before. Um, uh, you know, we're talking about the reparations thing, and I just wanted to say uh, I'm getting ready to petition the State Department uh, to go after Rome because I'm Catholic, and I would love to see them pay for killing Jesus. Now, there's a case to be made. There's no doubt that, you know, we, we know the history here. I think that the history is unambiguous, and I think that the history points toward the guilt of certain Romans, including Pontius. And I wonder whether Pontius Pilate's relatives are still around, so you might be able to get testimony from them as well. Brilliant, as I said, let us all go down and march down this road of reparations bravely. Because all of us, no matter what, and this is proof, Stephen, you are proof, that all of us can find a reason somewhere to get reparations. You just see the, the story that's in the New York Times. They published it on the 1st of December. The California panel sizes up reparations for black uh, citizens. The state is undertaking the nation's most ambitious effort so far to compensate for the economic 
legacy of slavery, slavery and racism. And it is worthwhile to go through this story so that you can, you two can isolate your own ideas on how you can cash in yourself. Thanks for the call, Stephen. Appreciate it. Jim in Long Island, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. Hi, Jim. Hey, Bo. Hey, Bo. Thank you for taking my call. Listen, <clears throat> you're missing the big picture here. Okay. You know anytime government offers a program that seems altruistic and all based on good intentions, it really isn't. Inevitably, mm-hmm. there's going to have to be, <clears throat> excuse me, an internal reparation service, the IRS too. And people are going to have to hire reparationists to fill out endless paperwork to qualify for their reparations. Huh. The internal. And then what's going to happen is. Wait a minute. Like the, the internal reparation service. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Because then, that now they have more power. And then. Like the like the tax cut, it starts out at like eight or ten pages, but then a couple of decades later, it's eighty thousand pages long, and every citizen and every business has to comply with it. You see, so what will happen is people will have to go to college now and become educated and becoming a professional reparationist, then becoming licensed, then the citizenry has to hire the reparationist, like they'd hire an accountant or a lawyer, to fill out endless paperwork so they can qualify for their reparations. You see. And then if you don't file that paperwork, you don't qualify. And then businesses are going to have to, 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 to adhere to these programs and fill out endless paperwork and hire professional reparationists to comply with regulations that will inevitably grow so they can comply with all the, 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 the uh, requirements of the, uh, the new IRS. I think. So you have to look at the big picture here. I think you're on, by Jove, I think he's got it. I think you're on to something here. This, I can see this happening as, especially as more and more Americans realize that they too are eligible for reparations. We are going to need a code. We are going to need a lot of specificity as to who is worthy and who isn't worthy. Somebody has got to deal with the bureaucracy of reparations. The Internal Reparations Service. This audience, I, you people are so brilliant. Hour number two in the can. Hour number three coming up on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, here with you on WABC. Don't go away. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. Stay with us. Coming back right after this news. On 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Our number trio underway on this reparations weekend. WABC Talk Radio 77. We have covered extensively 
the mishmash over at Twitter now that Mike Taibbi, the brilliant journalist, has issued an expose that clearly demonstrates what we all knew, that Twitter under the former regime pre-Elon Musk was a political hellhole that served the Democrat Party in the last elections. And by the way, I mean, that may just seem like it's a bunch of nothing, but it is a bunch of something. Campaign ads cost money. When you air ads, you have to report to the FEC, the Federal Election Commission. Um, if you, you're not, the rules are very strict on what you can and cannot do with advertising. Well, what Twitter did by putting their finger on the scale, suppressing news stories that could have potentially harmed the Biden administration, this is a contribution. Now, it would be interesting to see this case go to court. I'd love to see it happen. That, in fact, the suppression of this news amounted to a campaign contribution to the Democrats especially since the DNC, the Democrat National Committee, was involved in all of this. So this should not be let go, and it should be taken very seriously. Some other things in the news today, an opinion piece in the Amazon Prime Washington Post by Karen Atiyah, MSNBC's cancellation of Tiffany Cross sends a chilling signal Now, if you don't know who Tiffany Cross was, you're fortunate. Uh, She was like, just think of Joy Reid light, the lighter version of Joy Reid. One of these blah blahs always spewing this, that, and the other. I I don't want to be mean to her personally. I don't know her personally. But I found some of the things that she said very... I find the way that she talked about black conservatives on more than one occasion to be very hateful. Personally, but you know what? So what? I mean, it's her opinion. She's allowed to have her opinion and and all of that. But they decided to let her go over at, at PMSNBC. Apparently, she compared Florida to a part of the male anatomy, looking on the map. And at least that was what was one of the stated reasons for letting her go. But, boy, this woman, Karen Atia, is upset about it. She says a month ago she was having a chat with a black, oh, Tiffany Cross is black, by the way, having a chat with a black editor to talk about her experiences, blah, blah, blah. We shared one thing. Black people doing public discourse work is precarious. That's a bunch of, to be a black public figure who chooses to be honest about white supremacy in this country is dangerous business. Really? There's no starker example than Tiffany Cross whose show The Cross Connection was canceled last month by MSNBC and whose contract with the network wasn't renewed. They don't owe her a job. They don't owe her a job. None of us who work in the media are owed jobs. We could all be let go at a moment's notice. That's just the way it is. Especially if you don't produce ratings. Cross, a former D.C. bureau chief of BET Networks, well, boy, whoopee, that's saying a lot, black exploitation television, and associate producer for CNN, well, that's saying a lot, was named host of the Cross Connection in 2020. 
The show aired Saturday mornings and was one of the higher-rated weekend political shows for the networks. That's not saying much. It's also one of the few shows left on a major news network. I beg your pardon, MSNBC is not a major news network. They're barely hanging on news network that centered the voices of black people and others of color. Okay. Cross focused on matters. She focused on matters of uh, domestic and international doing shows, for instance, on global dysphoria movements. Oh, boy, that must have been a real winner. She was unapologetic about discussing white uh, supremacy and didn't hold back. This, of course, drew the ire of the right-wing chattering class who increasingly singled her out. In October, after Cross rightly noted how white men dominate the NFL's coaching and ownership ranks, Megan Kelly called her a dumbass and the most racist person on television. Later that month, Fox News' Tucker Carlson went on a 10-minute tirade against Cross and MSNBC, accusing Cross of stoking hatred against white people and comparing her show to the radio broadcast that led to the Rwandan genocide. I'm not making this up. You know, the good news about Tiffany Cross is people saw her program. They saw what she said. They heard what she said. Shortly after that, on November 4th, news broke that MSNBC was parting ways with Cross just days before the midterm elections. It was a stunning announcement. Stunning? A lot of people found relief. And particularly for black journalists, a reminder that the rug could be pulled under, out from under any of us at any time. That Not just black journalists. Stop trying to make yourself a martyr here. This is for everybody in this business, sweetie. For everybody that works in media. Ask, those, ask old Chris Cezilla over at CNN. Rug just got pulled under him. Ask people from every walk of life in the media business. You act like the only time that this happens is with black folks. It's not. The media business is a tough business. The rug could get pulled under any one of us in th- that are in this business at any time. He says she was not even given the dignity of a final sign-off show. Oh, well, that happens. In this particular, you want to hear the horror stories in this industry of people who've not had a chance. There have been people in this industry who have been fired during their show. And someone else told to sit down in the chair because the person that's on the air is gone. Karen Atia says it's all a bad look, sending the message that we can be abruptly deplatformed. Deplatformed? Abruptly deplatformed. For stirring up the right wing media pot. That is not why she was fired. She said something dumb. I at least if that's the story I was told. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I will leave allowances that maybe. Miss Atia might know something here that I don't know. What I know or what I read was that he compared 
in some sort of, um, uh, uh, she was on with some guests, she compared the state of Florida to a limp part of a nail anatomy. And it was shortly after that that the people over at PS, PMS, NBC said, okay, enough of this, and said, okay, you're gone. Now, again, could be wrong, but that is at least something that I read. It's all a bad look, sending the message that we can be abruptly deplatformed for stirring up the right-wing media pot two years after the supposed global reckoning on race. We are all, we are still disposable. We can get fired. We're disposable. The symbolism of Cross's deplatforming. Deplatforming. Got fired. Is all the more concerning considering the political times we live in when attacks against black educators, authors, journalists are increasing across the country. Oh, you mean like the attacks that Obama leveled on on Herschel Walker? For instance, you mean the attacks that Candace Owens has to put up with on a daily basis? You mean the attacks on people like Dinesh D'Souza? You mean the attacks on the never-ending attacks that even the elder conservative people like Dr. Walter Williams when he was alive, Dr. Thomas Sowell, Shelby Steele, you mean like those attacks? You mean like the attacks every time some black conservative opens their mouth, they're called like Uncle Tom's by you people on the left? You mean like those attacks? In a letter to MSNBC, more than 40 black leaders protested. Whoa, that's a lot. You supposedly have this high-rated show, you get fired and 40 people write a letter? Ooh, must be real popular. The season is too grave a moment in American history to silence the voices of black women. First of all, let me be frank. Ain't nobody. Chaka Khan and Rufus. Ain't nobody. Ain't nobody going to silence the voice of black women. I tell you this from experience. Ain't nobody going to silence those voices. (sighs) Anyway, this is the statement from these 40 black leaders. The season is too grave a moment in American history to silence the voices of black women who time and time again save America from itself, whatever that's supposed to mean. She puts in parenthesis, so far the National Association of Black Journalists has been quiet. Wonder why? Because they realize, unlike you, that it's not uncommon for people to lose their jobs when they say something stupid on the air. Allegedly. And then she goes on. Now, this paragraph, I must give I must give some credence to Karen Atia on this paragraph. 
NBC has lost a number of black voices over the years, especially black women. Melissa Harris Perry's popular, popular my ass, popular MSNBC weekend show was canceled in 2016. It never was popular. In 2017, Tamron Hall was pushed out. Now, let me tell you something. That Tamron Hall thing was dastardly. And at the time, I raged about it because there's no way that Tamron Hall, they pretty much pushed Tamron Hall out so that they could accommodate hiring. At least that was the story. Again, I must say, when I talk about this stuff, I want to be clear that I only have read certain news reports about them. I don't know if there's anything behind the scenes that I'm not aware of, et cetera, et cetera. But apparently Tamron Hall was let go to help make way for Megyn Kelly, who I love. You know, I adore Megyn Kelly. And I love Tamron Hall, too. I love Tamron Hall from the moment she was on. She was a liberal, and shes they're all liberals, but so what? I always loved Tamron Hall. MSNBC's Peacock Hub canceled Zerlina Maxwell. Well, Zerlina was another one of these left-wing wacko radicals. And Joshua Johnson's show, both left the network. I don't know who Joshua Johnson is, never saw it. The situation is all the more disheartening considering that MSNBC's current president is a black woman. Oh, so I guess this would equate this to a black-on-black crime then. Her getting rid of old, what's her name? Cross. Rashida Jones. We are made to hope and believe that representation at the upper ranks will understand and support our voices. Sadly, this is not always the case. In other words, hey, Rashida, you're black. You're supposed to, you're supposed to toe the line with what these other black liberals demand you toe. Otherwise, you ain't black enough. We hoped your representation would mean that we could get you know, the popular black stuff where we liberal blacks were the liberal blacks. Sadly, you're not behaving like a liberal black. Get your act together, Rashida. She says, I'm surprised but not shocked that this isn't a bigger story for U.S. media journalists. Why should it be? It was a one show on a failing network on a Saturday morning. What, every journalist in America is supposed to like, come to attention because Tiffany Cross got fired? Cross has retained a lawyer and is reportedly looking to challenge her firing. Good luck with that. Her case is an important one to watch. Not really. We should be glad she's fighting for her voice. I don't care. And the voice of so many other communities she's featured. But it's awful that a star, she was never a star, such as her, even has to. If this can happen to cross, all black journalists are on shaky ground. It's a lot of whining over one woman losing her job on a little watch show, on a little watch network. We got to go to a break. James Golden. It is our Saturday morning. Radio Extravaganza here on WABC Talk Radio 77.
Her Majesty's coming up. Don't go away. It's time for a radio royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, after an unexpected absence, our beloved princess was a bit under the weather. Finally, finally, we hear her voice again. Your Majesty, oh, how I've missed you. I'm on bended knees and BVDs. Grateful for your return. (laughs) Thank you, Sir James. It's good to be back. It's wonderful to hear your show as always. You got my money? (laughs) Actually, I do. I am so happy that I have accumulated in my royal nest egg sufficient funds to, to send to you. It is in my social security lockbox. Oh, oh, what is this trickery? What is this sorcery? What is this scam? You're scamming me. My government tells me that I have one, a Social Security lockbox, which is just like making sure that those funds are in there. And now I have them to, to send to you. The crypto key is in the email. I will send it right along. See, this, folks, I'm telling you, this is not going to work out good. You know, here we have this one chance for America to get past the original sin. We have a chance to America, for America to join the rest of the civilized nations in the world in recognizing that it had a disastrous past, that it was an oppressor nation, a nation of colonizers, of bigots, of homophobes, and white supremacists. And what are you doing? You're making a mockery of my reparations. <laughs> I'm willing. What do you mean a mockery? You don't believe your own government that you don't think I have a lockbox? <laughs> the only person I think ever had a lockbox was Hillary, but that's a whole nother story, whole and I'm not going story. there. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, well, Princess Di, what... Now that you are, we hope, feeling better, you're feeling better. You suffered the flu. It was that I can't stand the flu. You're feeling it's better? going around. Yes, it's apparently a lot of people were sick over Thanksgiving, and I'm on the upswing. Thank you very much. But Good. I have to tell you, I have been enjoying watching this uh, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried uh, rehab tour this week. Have you been noticing this? He I noticed him. Getting- I saw him apologize. apologizing he's basically doing the mistakes were made tour the sandy <laughs> burger i'm i'm so sloppy <laughs> and he's getting tongue bathed by the entire media he holds him to him because he donated a large part although to both parties but he de- uh, totally funded the democrat ground game for the midterms and that is why a million dollars went, a billion dollars went poof from the investors. But he has been getting this treatment of, oh, the poor guy is not sleeping. Oh, he is just so stressed. He's been treated by the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, and a lot of other media to this sympathy. And he went on Good Morning America, George Stephanopoulos, you know, softballed him. And this is what he had to say. Listen to this. 
I really deeply wish that I had taken a lot more responsibility for understanding what the details were of what was going on. I should have been on top of this, and I feel really, really bad and regretful that I wasn't. A lot of people got hurt, and that's on me. <laughs> wow. I told you he apologized. Well, sort I didn't of. apologize. That was like, oops, I, uh, my bad. It's on me. And he's in the freaking Bahamas, and he is not in any way under any danger of being arrested, which should happen. In fact, he has been invited by none other than Maxine Waters, who was on video blowing him kisses in an earlier hearing. I don't know if you've seen that video. I have. But she is absolutely in love with this guy because, of course, he funds her interests. And she sent a tweet yesterday saying about this tour that he's been on, Sam Bankman-Fried, we appreciate that you've been candid in your discussions about what happened. Your willingness to talk to the public will help the company's customers, investors, and others, like politicians with their hands out. To that end, <laughs> we would welcome your participation in our hearing on the 13th. She is just bowing down before him, saying, please just grace us with your presence by Zoom in our hearing about what happened, that investors lost their shirts thanks to you and the the kissing of the feet and the ring of this guy continues everywhere including by the democrats in congress and as i said when the story first broke a couple of weeks ago i said nothing will happen to him because he paid off the right people unlike bernie madoff who was hated and rightly so for running a Ponzi scheme. This guy is loved and adored and he is in no legal jeopardy i predict $28 billion, is it, that blew up in smoke? $28 yep. billion. And some of this money that investors lost went directly to the Democrat Party. And they keep saying of some it. of the, yeah, some of the news reports that I read, they keep saying, well, Republicans got money too. Yeah, Republicans, some Republicans took a little bit of change from this guy, but nothing compared to the millions he spent. And, and they do that for political cover just so they could say, oh, yeah, well, we gave to some Republicans, too. But th this guy funded the Democrat Party by, as you said, to fund the Democrat uh, ground game. Clearly, clearly he understood what he was doing with that. Clearly that was not a mistake. And so I wonder if some of the investor class are going to try to claw back their money from the Democrats. They know what side their bread is buttered on. This is not going to happen. I don't think there's going to be any consequences other than hearings like this and then more regulation for crypto. That is what's going to happen. I don't think that anything is going to happen specifically to this guy at all, who is now saying he has no idea how his parents got million-dollar houses in the Bahamas. Oh, I didn't know about that. I mean, he is just pleading, as I said, Sandy Berger, I was just sloppy. I just didn't pay attention. Who knew? Who knew is right. Well, I have one thing before we have to say goodbye, Princess Di. Sorry to do this after you're coming back from being on your unwellness uh, thing here. Uh, sorry to have to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, election Day's over. Uh, election Day's been over. And supposedly my princess, 
my beloved majesty, her <laughs> highness, the smartest woman in not only this continent, but all the continents, predicted that we would see someone emerging with her book tour. And this book tour was going to change the whole dynamic. And boy, oh boy, you just watch it. And I bet you it wouldn't happen. I bet you. I told you it wasn't going to happen. Michelle Obama's book came out. And big freaking deal. Big whoop. Almost nobody knows that it exists. Nobody cares about Michelle Obama. She's not running for anything. She won't even run for local dog catcher. Michelle Obama's done. Baked in the oven, apple in the mouth. It remains to be seen. I said that was the opening salvo. She did come out. She got a lot of attention. I'm not the only one who has mentioned this. I sent you an article from the American Thinker of a, a writer who came up with the same thesis that she A writer. A well, writer. It is the beginning of people who we'll probably this. listen meanwhile, to you. A writer. Who listened to you? Gavin who is spending money for reparations, apparently that's got you excited so that you're going to support his candidacy now. He's he buying the black vote, and I'm down with that, okay? Yeah. He's making sure that he's going to get the black vote from Joe Biden. He's giving every black person in America 223 grand. okay? That will buy some black votes. So Yay. you're sticking with Gavin Newsom. Gavin Newsom's already saying, I'm not running, I'm not running. Yeah, right. Where have we heard that before? I hope he doesn't say, the only thing I hope Gavin Newsom doesn't do is go out before a bunch of reporters and say, why, I'm pure driven as the wind beaten snow, just follow me around for a little while. You'll see, I'm not doing anything, because we know that that never works out for Democrats when they tell the press to follow them around. And then someone in the press actually says, you know what, maybe I should follow this Democrat around. It never ends well. So if he can avoid making that mistake, Gavin Newsom is still in line to become the Democrat nominee if they ditch Joe Biden. It ain't going to be Michelle Obama. Okay, it ain't going to be a white guy whose name is Gavin. I'm sorry. The Democrat Party of today is... You know, if he's if he's not on the LGBTQT range of behaviors, he has no chance with the fact that his skin is the color it is. I'm sorry, the Democrat Party today will not nominate a white guy. Wow. Okay, that's a pretty bold statement. I have one other question for you. Do you have a purse or some other uh, uh, item in your extensive uh, 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 royal wardrobe from a uh, uh, Balenciaga or whatever that company's called. <laughs> Balenciaga. Yeah, no, yeah. I them. never heard of them. I never heard of them uh, until this horrible story, and I hope I never hear of them again. Awful. Okay, Your Majesty, we're glad you're on the road to recovery. Feel better. Thank you for joining. It's so wonderful to hear your voice. Thank you, Your Thank Majesty. Thank you, Sir James. Thank you. Uh, we'll catch you later. Princess Di, ladies and gentlemen, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, will come back. Your call's coming up. Don't go away here on WABC. Right back. Oh, knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Welcome to Reparations Weekend. 
WABC. What's Reparations Weekend? Without the Reparations theme song. JB. That's right. Need some get back. Some payback. Payback. James Brown brings us back on WABC Talk Radio 77. Time to get paid back from those things that. Just ain't right. Payback is a thing you got to see. Hell, never do any damn thing to me. Sold me out. Ticket change. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. James Brown brings us back to Big Payback and, of course, James Brown. Here we are, living in America. comes up after this. And Cousin Brucey tonight on WABC Music Radio. Let's head back to the telephones. Christian in Jersey. How are you, Christian? Welcome. You're on WABC. Oh, hey. Thank you both for uh, taking my call. I got to tell you, as an American of Asian descent, I, I would like to make a few points if you have a few seconds. So let's dive right in. Sure. I would recommend Governor, Governor Newsom that he should present the reparations bill uh, to the Democratic National Party because they were the party of slavery. I think that would help build his stature for a presidential run. And secondly, I think California should start at home with reparations, starting with a reparations for Japanese Americans, because the Democrat Franklin Delano Roosevelt's executive order 9066 that incarcerated Asians in California during World War II, and also the Chinese who died building the Central Pacific Railroad in California. So, Governor, Governor Newsom, let's start at home in your own state for your presidential run. I agree with that. Now, by the way, there were limited reparations made to some of the Japanese Americans who were put in the camps by the Democrat Party and Franklin Roosevelt during World War II. And by let, let us, for those who went to public school where history is not taught, let us be really clear about something. When you say Japanese Americans... You absolutely are correct. These were American citizens, law-abiding 
American citizens who happen to have Japanese ancestry. And the Democrat Party under Franklin Roosevelt rounded them up and put them in camps because they were feared to be potential allies or have potential alliances with a foreign government, that being the government of Imperial Japan. But these were American citizens who had already sworn their allegiance and had productive lives here in America. In other words, they were presumed guilty of an imagined crime that never took place. They were uprooted. Their businesses were closed. They were taken from their homes by Democrats and thrown into camps. And absolutely right. Every one of those families, if we're going down the reparations highway, need to be made whole. And Christian, you of Asian descent, you need to be made whole too. But you got to wait till we get ours, then you can go and get yours, all right? Let's just kind of work it like that. Thank you, Bo. Thank you. Jimmy, Staten Island, welcome. How are you? Jimmy. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy's talking to somebody else. Let's say goodbye. He won't realize we've been there and gone. Rick in Elmwood Park, how are you? Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. I'm good, James. Thanks for asking. How you doing? Good, thank you. Uh, I got I got some reference coming to me, too, because I'm Italian and the Moors conquered Sicily. But I really called it. Well, not that. only did the. No, hold it. You got more than that. I don't know whether you know this or not. But the FBI, back when the FBI was getting started, J. Edgar Hoover. No, before the FBI. I got to get my history straight here. J. Edgar Hoover led a government effort to discriminate against Italian-Americans because he was a bigot, primarily. And they did. And so you need to look into that because Italian people, you guys got something coming, too. Go ahead. I checked, I will check into that. I also originally called, though, because Curtis Lee has been dodging my phone calls, and I've been trying to challenge him to a climate change debate on the air. I'm willing to give him some time to study up on the subject. And I'll also give him one scientist, one politician, and one celebrity to, uh, to back him up. Okay, well, you know, I'm not Curtis, and I don't get into that kind of thing with Curtis and his callers, but I will let Curtis know that you're looking to do a debate with him, and hopefully he will respond to you. I appreciate your call, Rick. Thank you. Jay in Long Island, welcome. You're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Nice to talk to you this morning. Hope you're doing well. I am, and I hope you're doing well as well. What's on your mind? Um, in general, uh, we were doing we were having a good week until uh, we had a close call. One of our own was on one of those uh, Long Island railroads when somebody decided to uh, threaten everybody. Can you imagine the feeling when you get a call saying that uh, evil decided to look one of your own in the face and? Uh, it was a close call, if we'll put it that way. But I'm just uh, 
thankful for the end result. Was, was this again one of these? You know, there was another no, was, person was, attacked was, on the this, subways. This was an underreported thing. It was, uh, you know, Penn wow. Station to Long Island, and uh, conductor was aware of it. I don't know if it got uh, any, you know, oversight, but it was. Can you imagine the feeling when one of your own calls and says, "Evil looked at me in the face," and uh, it was. It I was mean, it's sc- you know that. what? It's scary. It's scary. It's and, scary. And, it's scary and, if you. And this is, the, everybody's afraid that the bad guys will be given their name and addresses. You know. Yep. And especially in this age where New York Democrats have decided that criminals should be let out of jail to satisfy some last, sort of. Last. I'm sorry to interrupt. This was last Saturday on the train to Ronkonkoma in the afternoon. Conductor was Good aware man. of it. The guy, the guy started in the tunnel at, in, from Penn to Jamaica Station. What was and the then, guy doing? Tell us what he was doing. He was. Um, I got to. Uh, you know. I'm, I know I'm you can be careful. You're not. Men- you're not mentioning names. Threatening. Just threatening tell us- a whole car of people, and I guess one of mine was the target of the verbal. So he. Okay. And then it, I guess it. One. Uh, one of my uh, young one. You know, we'll put it that way. Okay, I understand you're being child. Yeah. Yes, some, I understand. Somebody kind of reached out to me indirectly that we don't know of his third party to say something already, so that's why we're being super careful. But I don't think any pictures were taken of this guy. You figure all these cameras at Penn Station, you figure the conductor was aware. Why is everybody running out of that car? You know, there was people crying and everything because, of you know, people in the car are seniors, moms or kids and stuff, you know. You know, this, I'm just saying. It's like I think all this stuff with the celebrities, like the 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 news broadcasters, all that is a distraction from the real stories going on. You know, you cover well, it. I appreciate it. I was sitting there eating my breakfast, drinking my coffee, listening to you. Thank you. I'm glad you have that cup of coffee with us. We encourage everybody. I'm still on my little, like third or fourth cup of coffee, but look, we do because this crime thing is serious. And you, as you said, this is where people live. This is what really affects people. When you're afraid to be on a train, not knowing whether some crazy person is going to come or some criminal is going to come take your life. Now, I saw a video this week that was um, AMA amazing. A guy was on his way to Marathon in Chicago, and there was one of these people on one of the CTA trains out there with a gun threatening people on their subway system or their transit system. A lot of it runs above ground. I've been on them, those trains. And this guy who is a, a regular citizen in his 50s, he was getting off the train. He saw the commotion. He got back on the train and he disarmed this guy, took his gun from him, and the guy's cursing up a storm. Of course, there was some race stuff. It's always the guy was a tall black guy. This guy's at least a head shorter than him. White guy in his in, in his fifties uh, disarmed him. This the the thug had some of his homie thugs on the train with him, and they started threatening him. And he told him up front. He says, "Look, 
I know martial arts. I will break your freaking neck if you come at me. And I'm telling you right now, you come at me, I'll break your neck. And he held the guy that was threatening this train, everybody else on the train, on this car, paralyzed with fear. And he held this guy until the guy could be arrested. That was an amazing thing. But, I mean, for average people traveling with the mass transit these days, it is scary. And this isn't just New York. It's every blue city in America. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back. More of your calls right after this. Now, here's the soul of excellence, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, on 77 WABC. Jackson. This is the anniversary week that the Thriller album dropped. Went on to become the best-selling album in history. Play the original Thriller. Yeah, let's see whether we can get the original Thriller instead of the remix, okay? So, And we're doing this for Curtis because Curtis likes to call Michael Jackson horrible names and slander him. Let's hit it. Okay? Come on. One, two, three, four, five, six. Thank you. MJ brings us back on WABC. Crank it up. One of the most amazing songwriters of all time, too. Rod Temperton wrote this one, as well as so many other hits. I think Rod wrote this with Michael. I have to check the credits. Let's go to Anthony in White Plains in New York. Anthony, thank you for waiting. How are you? I'm good, Bo. Good morning. How are you? Thank you for your patience. I'm fine. Uh, listen, I, I don't want to rain on your parade, but uh, I did a little deep dive into the reparations, and uh, I called the IRS because I wanted to get the paperwork mm-hmm. on starting a GoFundMe page that would allow me mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. payments. But they told me that, first of all, they didn't seem to know what I was talking about, Secondly, they don't have any forms available. And thirdly, they said if the Republicans defund the 87,000 IRS agents, 
uh, you could forget about it. It ain't going to happen. So I'm sorry to rain on what your parade. Us? But You're not raining on my parade, first of all. Okay, first of all, this is only starting in California. So the IRS isn't involved yet. I love them trying to sneak in that thing with the 87,000 agents. But anyway, we're going to have to figure out how to tap into California. That's why I was urging people to start the process now, especially African-Americans, any descendants of slaves. We need to start now to try to get our claims in California. You may have to declare residency in California for a little while, whatever, but we got to figure it out. The interim report has been released. The real report comes out in June. And from there, we need to get a timetable on the payoffs. But start now. Do your reparations hunt early. And the California people have already put the federal government on notice that they expect federal funds to quickly follow their state handout of reparations. So, to my mind, it is already reparations time. we got to get in early and start now. Thank you for the call, Anthony. Good looking out for you to take it seriously and start moving to get your reparations now. Even though, you know, you may not qualify under the strict rules of it. But, hey, what the heck? We should all just try, right? Leo, Long Island, you're up next on WABC. Mr. Golden, it's an absolute honor to speak with you. Thank you. My pleasure. I was born a poor poor white person in a black neighborhood. I was born in Flatbush, Brooklyn. And I identify now, because I'm very woke, as a black Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. slave descendant. I'm applying for my reparations. I don't blame you. You know, Scott started this yesterday. I thought he was being funny. But he wasn't. He 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 told us of his deep-seated, long-time identification as being a black person of 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 slave descent, and now you have stepped up. And I would ju- urge all of my white brothers and sisters who actually feel like you are black. All you gotta do is feel it. Just think it. Identify with us. Identify and dare them and challenge them to tell you that you are not. Reparations is real. Get your money. Thank you, Leo. Let's go to Carl and Astoria, Queens. How are you, Carl? Hey, good morning. Good morning, James. Hey, you screened me three times for Rush, which was really an honor. Over the decades, probably man, one, you have a one radio- for each decade. And that you was, have a voice, uh, man. I love that son of a gun. Anyway, Me hey, too. you know what? You know what I found out? What? My father's Norwegian-American. My mother is uh, German and English. The English side, we have the name Grant. So I looked it up. We go all the way back to Ulysses Sistant Grant. He's probably like a great, 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 great uncle. And he did the anti-Klan mm-hmm. wars. Would that get me any relief from these reparations? Yes, you can make your claim for money, too. You helped. You helped fight the oppressors, and therefore you deserve reparations, too. You know, your family was enslaved by this horrible thing, and therefore you should get your payout as well. We all need to start flooding California now. We want our money. We want our money. 
And, Carl, you definitely deserve your piece of the pie, okay? That's Let's great. make it happen. That's an honor cool. coming from you, James. Thank you, Carl. It's so wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful to hear from you. And I will be your leader. I will be your advocate. For all of you white folks that want to be, you know, that want to identify as black, I'm down with you. I will be your advocate. I will fight for you. We all need to share in the glory. We all need to share in getting rid of the shame of this country over slavery once and for all. We all need to be able to put the past behind us. Black, white, Asian, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from in the world, if you identify as black, you are black. We are one, and we will win. The whole world is watching. The whole world is watching. And we will get our money, okay? John in Staten Island, welcome you on WABC Talk Radio. 77. Hey, uh, what you call it, Bo? I was going to mention, what happened to uh, Al Gore? Does Al Gore get to be sued because his family was... Uh, his family was a bunch of tobacco-owning, tobacco-owning, slave-holding back in the day? Absolutely. We need to go after Gore. I wonder if he's still on the board of Apple. Because if he's still benefiting from Apple, maybe we got grounds to sue Apple, too. You know? Oh, by the way, Apple and the Chinese, that's a whole other story. Tucker did an amazing monologue on that earlier in the week. Great point, John. I appreciate it. Let's go quickly to Ralph in Jersey. Okay. Uh, I, wa- I, I want to talk about the election in, in Georgia, uh, and I'm closely watching the black vote on this because with the election in New York with Tati Hochul, it was the black vote that put her over the top. It was the firewall for Kathy Hochul. It, the, the election uh, in New York was not black and white. It's more, it's it's more like an Asian uh, black, uh, you know, uh, situation because most of the Asians went for uh, Lee Sheldon and most of the black went for for Kathy Hochul. So I'm really closely watching that election and where. What well, here's the deal. Right now, the polls are saying that Warnock is up slightly, but there is also record turnout. And there have been record turnout in the pre-election day votes. And so we shall see. This is going to be a nail-biter, maybe. I have my predictions, but I'm not ready yet. But anyway, we're all closely watching to see what happens there. Appreciate the call. Bill, time is running out. What's on your mind, Bill, in Franklin, New Jersey? In reparations, concerning reparations, if you're receiving any public assistance, welfare, Medicaid, or that, you're entitled, you have to pay back if you come into any money, you have to pay that back to the state of what they had paid out to you first. Plus, also, if you are on these government programs, you're already receiving reparations. How dare you? How dare you suggest that the Descendants of slaves have to pay back money that's in that is rightfully theirs. We will not, we cannot let this stand. Everybody gets government money. And we're not going to discriminate once again on the basis of race for people, just if they are among the people that get their government handout. No, my friends, we will not stand for it. Reparations now, reparations forever and reparations for everybody. I am your advocate for reparations. Daggone it, we're out of time. 
Oh, well, Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza has to come to an end, and we're at that point. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll be back on Monday for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Remember Larry Cudlow up next. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you Monday. And remember, Christmas, Rush on the Radio, my book. Might The Rush fans would enjoy it. We'll see you Monday. Bye.